Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, everyone, welcome to the Boston Podcast, and thanks for listening this morning. Hope your pandemic is going well. It's almost over, I think. I don't know. It might not be. It might never be. But let's not get down on ourselves, folks, because I have two awesome guests today, and they are Mike Lorenza from MTM Insurance and Julie Lusthouse, who is a franchise lawyer at Lusthouse Law, and they're both here in the virtual studio. They both deserve that round of applause for making it through the pandemic thus far. You two look no worse for the wear, so I'm going to assume everything is hunky-dory. But tell me, Julie, we'll start with you. How is life? Hi, Dave. It's great to be here today. Thank you for having me. Life's good. Life's okay? Good. Yeah. No one's, yeah, drive- no one's driving anybody crazy in your home? Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I expect that this experience is different for those who are quarantining with people and those who are alone. Right. Um, I have seven people in my home. Oh, my goodness. So there's a lot of people, um, <laughs> but it's all good. We've, we've worked it out. Were there, <laughs> were there seven people when the quarantine began or have they just been filtering in over the weeks? <laughs> <laughs> Originally, we were six. Okay. We added another, and then we chose to add a puppy. So, you know, just when things got figured out, we, we threw a puppy into the mix. Well, congratulations. I think that's wonderful. The The puppies, the, the dogs are the big winners in, in this. Oh, there's a dog right now. No, shh, come on. Fido, shush. I'm just kidding. I don't have a dog. That was a sound effect. But uh, what's the name of your dog? Teddy Bear. Wow, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and is Teddy, is Teddy Bear... Um, Enjoying all the attention? Teddy bear is a little skittish. He's a small dog that came up from South Carolina that we had hopes he would become a big dog, but we've now come to accept the fact that he will remain a little dog. So we're getting used to being little dog people. Did you have to schlep down to North Carolina to get the dog? Nope. He was shipped up. Oh, wow. Okay. Get the luxury. Did he come in a limo? Did he come in a limo and walk out wearing sunglasses? No. He did not. Okay. He did not seem to. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike Lorenza, um, my insurance guy, awesome guy, MTM insurance, and uh, renaissance man. We'll get into that, Mike. I, I, time does not permit us to tell people all your, your hobbies and interests and everything. But how are you? How are you holding up, my friend? I'm doing good. It's yeah. been, uh, like everybody else, has been different. But um, I have, in addition to trying to work from home, which... Um, can always be a challenge. Uh, unlike Julie, I have zero people with me. So, oh, goodness. So at least my concentration level is better, probably. Yes. Uh, but I'm also doing a lot of walking. That's good. Uh, during the, some off time. And um, now that the golf courses are open, mm-hmm. uh, we can get to the golf courses early in the morning or later on in the afternoon when the things close down for the day from, from work. So 
Yeah, Trying to make the most of it. Golfers seem to be the big winners. Uh, the the and since I'm not a golfer, I'm secretly jealous that you get to go do your favorite thing. Uh, although, Mike, I know you're a sports you're a sports fan, so I know you must miss watching the live sports. It has been very very difficult, <laughs> um, to say the least. Yeah, it's always nice to have a baseball game on at night, even if you're not sitting down watching it, just having it in the background. That's right. So yeah. that's been that's been a tough one for so many. Yeah, it's. It's rough, and who the hell knows what it's going to look like when it comes back. So, Julie, you're in, you're in New York. Remind me what uh, section of the Empire State you're in. So I'm in Westchester County, which right. is a suburb of New York City. So tell me what, I mean, uh, the state of New York is not necessarily the state of Massachusetts. <clears throat> wow, that was poetic, huh? Uh, so... You know, here, our governor just announced this three or four point plan or something. I don't know. I lost interest. But of opening things by phases and, you know, the jury's out as to whether he's being too conservative or not conservative enough. What's it like in New York? So we also have phases in New York. Um, and in New York, is it really depends on what region you're in. So New York City and the suburbs where I am are still pretty much locked down. Um, although we are just starting to go into phase one, but the rest of the state, I think is going to open a little bit more quickly. They were not hit as hard as, uh, the New York metropolitan area. Right. Um, so. And so, and that includes you in Westchester County. So, so what, and what do you think? Do you think it's about time we start returning to some state of normalcy? Are you, are you more of uh, air on the side of caution type? Um, I, I think it's interesting. I think we will never know whether the lockdown was needed to the extent that we did what we did, but here we are, right? So I'm happy to start opening up. I think it's certainly easier now that the weather's getting better, um, to manage whether we're locked down or, or not, but, um, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready for us to open. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird thing because I think you're right in that we'll never know. We can have all the science we want, but but the science in this, it's more trying to predict. I mean, it, it's to me, it, it's inexact how to predict whether you're going to catch a virus from someone. It's it's weird. I don't know, Mike. What do you think? Do you think um, we've done about what we should be doing? Do you think it's time to get back? What do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, personally, I'd I'd like to get back. Um, then you always run that risk. You don't want to expose anybody so i really feel like torn about that mm-hmm. but i did see uh this is again this is like one of those facebook things but i saw yeah. if the masks work and and six feet apart work then why the lockdown yeah. so uh, that's that's one thing that kind of confused me on the whole thing um but again you know i don't want to i've actually known um indirectly some people who have passed away from it so obviously this is horrible and very real and so you just don't know like where, how close you are to it. Yep. And if you get it, if you're going to spread it to somebody. So um, that's, that's, that's my fear of the whole thing. Yeah. The, the same thing. And it is, we, we get our information. I've, I've long said that the information age is great, but it's also confusing and not necessarily better because, because there are so many different sources of information. You see things on social media and then you see things on the sort of the mainstream news and they are of course never in agreement, but I like you have had friends who have had parents pass away. There was um, a woman I knew who was basically spot on my age that I kind of friend of a friend type of person that passed away. And that part got scary. So it's like, 
yeah. that that really brings it home. So, Julie, in um, in franchise franchise law, I, tell us a little bit of what who your clients are like and whether you've been able to keep in touch with them during this period. Sure. So, in uh, franchising is is pretty much industry agnostic. Um, I have clients in the restaurant industry, clients in home health, clients in family entertainment, um, home services. And so, you know, some of them have managed to do well. Um, commercial cleaning, for instance, a lot of those clients are still, have been working through the pandemic um, period. And then I have clients like the restaurant tours who are, who are struggling. And the qu- question now is really, you know, how do they pivot? Do they, do they try to reduce their footprint and go focus more on delivery and takeout? Do they get larger footprints so they can have dine-in if you're going to have to have distancing among diners and what does that look like? Um, so it's been very interesting to see, you know, how, how the industry is changing a little bit. New York fortunately just passed, uh, or the governor issued an order in connection with the fees that third-party delivery services can charge and they're capping those fees. I'm sorry, it's in New York City. And that'll be helpful um, because those fees really make it very difficult for restaurants to to use third-party um, delivery services and still make a profit. So if I hear you, the there was a cap, so the people like Grubhub and DoorDash can't gouge people. Is is that the spirit? Here's behind hoping. That? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that makes sense, and I I've I have a couple friends that are restaurant owners, and I really feel for them. I mean, if I can't imagine an industry hit much harder than, than that, have you, do you have hopes the people that you know are all going to be able to reopen or are we going to see a lot of shuttered doors by the time this is over? Well, I think that we're going to see maybe a change in the businesses that are open, right? So if some shutter, there's going to be opportunity for others to open. I think the hardest part for them has been the real estate issue and dealing with their landlords. Um, you know, I kind of wonder why the um, focus on giving um, funding to the to the business owners as opposed to, for instance, the landlords, right? There's fewer landlords and the city and the state could have given money to the landlords and then waived rent requirements and the business owners would have been able to manage that as opposed to getting maybe some money they can use for rent and having to negotiate with the landlords. You know, but I get that it kind of trickles up as it were if you the tenants don't pay the landlord and the landlord doesn't pay their taxes and their mortgage and then they have the lenders and um but you know a lot of this is hindsight you know we didn't know and i think that it's great that there was action taken to try to help the small business owner um and some are being helped you know and for some it'll work and for others not so much i have other clients in you know bicycle rental industry where at first you know they got hit really hard but now people don't want to go on the subway you know, right. people want to use bicycles to get around. And so hopefully that industry will be able to come back in that way. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, what emerges, what industries emerge successfully from, from this. Yeah, you're right about the landlords because of the the um, moratorium that was placed on rent payments and mortgage payments. I, I, I don't know all the specifics. Uh, you guys may know better than I, but they're developed this, this culture of you kind of don't have to pay your rent right now. Just kind of, worry, just kind of worry about it later. And those, you know, I know that I was getting notices from my landlord at my studio, which we had to cl- close our studio for obvious reasons. And 
Um, we negotiated something, but I do feel for them because imagine if all of a sudden all of your customers just stopped paying you. I mean, it's, that that's stunning, and I don't know how anyone could come back from that. So, Mike, let me ask you about the way you do business and how maybe it's it's changed. I know. I mean, Mike, I see you around and about a lot. So, um, are you able to keep doing what you do in, in insurance via the Zoom call? Is has that been a strain? Tell me what it's been like. Yeah, so I had, the Zoom is definitely a, a nice alternative. I don't feel as though there's been a lot of restraints on us because people still need insurance. Now the, now the question is, is a lot of people figuring out how they're going to pay their premium, you know, given what, you know, same subject that Julie was just talking about. So we at MTM, like we've really made it a point and an effort to contact our clients, stay in touch with them because a lot of the insurers have stepped up and they have said like, have your clients call us so we can work things out. I have, you know, a client who is a transit company and they went from hundred percent volume to zero, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, there's just nobody out there. So, um, you know, so we, you know, help them and work with them. The other thing was uh, a lot of manufacturers have, you know, they've pivoted to be able to do things to help out, whether it's make parts for masks or um, shields or even like um, the, uh, plexiglass plates that sure. are being put up now, like at stores. So, um, so we've talked to them about that because in some cases the insurer, it's, it's, it's so nice of them to do it, right. To, to pitch in and, um, uh, and kind of change business that way. But the, that might not necessarily be the risk that the insurer wrote. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to coordinate that with them, talk to the underwriters to make sure that there's no exposure there. So we, we've really been trying to help out in that way. And in terms of like just talking with clients, like you said, Zoom is, is, is a nice viable alternative. And the phone is always my friend anyway. So uh, it works out. It hasn't really deterred me. That's that's one thing that's been nice about it. And I even had a, um, a meeting in Boston on the street with uh, one of my clients um, from a, a law firm that uh, they wanted to pay a bill. Mm-hmm. So we met on a Berkeley street and uh, had a nice little chat for a couple of minutes and I picked up the check from him. <laughs> he put the check on the ground and walked away. And then you went over and picked up the check like a gangster movie or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We had our masks on too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been um, interesting. Julie, I wonder for you sort of same question is, is, or actually slightly different question. Let me, let me look forward. So given that we've learned, we can do a lot by zoom and yet it's maybe it's this not quite the same, but it's a close alternative. Do you think, business in general will change going forward? Will there be simply more things done virtually? I hope so. Um, I've been virtual actually for a couple of years. So for me, there wasn't much change in the way I I worked. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I'm hopeful that there will be more acceptance of working remotely and virtually. Um, There certainly is now that everybody is doing it. Um, You know, when you get that occasional dog bark in the background, you know, it seems yep. to be going around. So um, I'm hopeful that, you know, for those who want to and are able to, it becomes more accepted. Um, I think it's also very interesting, you know, the difference in the experience for the introvert versus the extrovert. You know, I happen to be really enjoying <laughs> virtual and, and, and that's fine. But for someone who really wants to be with people and, and at the water cooler and having those conversations, you know, I, I expect they'll be eager to get back to the office. 
And you don't see it. it I mean, that's interesting. And, and you seem to be well prepared for this this moment. But um, you know, when you when you work with some of your top clients, don't you don't you want to have that face to face? Don't you? Isn't there some value to that that you can't get online? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, although I will, you know, I will say that it's not uncommon for clients to be happy to, you know, transact over the phone and over zoom and they're busy, you know? And so I'm always happy to go visit a client and to see how their business operates and, and, you know, to learn more about their business operation by being there. And I'm certainly happy to see my clients, but the reality is that, you know, before this hit business owners are busy and they're in their businesses and they're working in their businesses. And so, um, you know, I think to some extent, this is just kind of how we've been progressing. You know, restaurateurs are in their restaurants all the time. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Mike, let me ask you this uh, and switching gears a little bit. But Mike, the, I the I briefly mentioned professional sports and it's on people's minds because I, you can tell that these huge money making machines, the people running them are tired of not making any money. And so, so they're trying to think of sol- creative solutions. Mike, I know you're, you, you've been a, at least in the past, a PA announcer for basketball games or also hockey games, Mike, or remind me. Yeah. So I started out doing high school hockey right? and um, I was on, I did like, you know, the local cable for uh, high school football uh, for a number of years. And then I went, I switched over to PA. So, um, and I started PA in hockey. Um, and, um, I was kind of talked into it. I'm, I'm not, I was a baseball, basketball, football guy growing up, mm-hmm. play a little baseball in college, but, um, but hockey, as much as I like it, I didn't know much about it. And the guy that asked me, um, they were stuck for a guy and then he convinced me to do it on the same night. I said, okay, I'll do it when he goes, well, tonight. So I was like, <laughs> Oh no. Wow. And so funny story, um, that night I walked in and Bob Sweeney, who is uh, the president of the, the Bruins Foundation, he used to play mm-hmm. for the Bruins, sure. was standing in the rink uh, at Merrimack College with Ray Bork. Mm. And I walked in and I thought, oh, my God, these guys are going to know I'm a fraud. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but Sweeney, Sweeney and I are friends. And he said he told, told me I did a pretty decent job afterwards. Oh, so, good. That's but good. I did I did uh, hockey for um, three or four years. And then I switched over to basketball because – I, I love, I really grew to love hockey even more, but basketball is, is, uh, something I really know. And, um, so I started doing the high school basketball games and then I actually asked, was asked to do some college games. So I worked at Merrimack and BU. Now see uh, basketball, so, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. Mike, but basketball must be, I would think more fun and also a little bit more challenging because, you know, there are, uh, depending upon the game, you know, at least several dozen baskets during the game. And for when someone scores a basket, you have to say their name right after they score. Right. Yeah. And that's, um, that, that's a, a tricky part about it yeah. is that, uh, you have to know how to pronounce the names because <laughs> kids and coaches and fans, particularly moms and dads don't like when the names are not pronounced properly. <laughs> right. So, yeah. uh, but I do, I, I really pride myself on that. And, um, but yeah, it's a constant, the whole game, because right. again, PA you're announcing to the crowd, right? The right. when I was on cable, it was just, in a, in a studio, basically talking about a game. Right. So, uh, yeah, you, there's little room for error, but again, you, you, there's something else to say within seconds. So you can move on from the error that you right, inevitably right, right. going to make. Right. So it's pretty, pretty good that way. So, but yeah, hockey, you could go for 10 minutes without saying anything. Right. Right. Um, but basketball, it's, it's a constant. 
Yeah, that's why hockey is silly. My father likes to say hockey is one big turnover. But but that is <laughs> but that aside, since since I brought it up, just do you have any thoughts on what it's going to look like when they come back? I mean, Major League Baseball is talking about this revised uh, schedule. Um, I guess with no fans for at least to start. I don't know what the latest is, but and whether or not you know, you know, Mike, just because you follow it, are we are we kind of screwed for the rest of the year, <laughs> bro? Sports because are are people going to come out in hordes? You know. Yeah, I mean, from what I'm seeing, particularly with baseball, like that's what it sounds like it's going to be yeah. right. Just, but the, on the one hand, um, I, I'm looking forward to being able to hear the guys yell out like, "I've got it." You know, like an outfield are running it That'll out. That'll be interesting, yeah. So yeah. I do want to, I, I do want to hear that. Like, if you can hear some of the communication, um, but I, I do like the fact that the fans are there. It just obviously makes this part of the game for sure. Um, but I don't know. It's looking less and less like baseball is going to have any fans at all if they even have a season. Right. Uh, I would hope that they, they would talk about like modifying like the leagues and everything else. And I think people really need that continuity to go back to what they're used to not like a, a novelty type thing just because of it's all pandemic related mm-hmm. you know like i want the american league to be the american league and the national league to be the national right league. right right but we'll see i uh, my my idea for this came in the fact that you know although the the fans are a big part of the game much of us just want to be able to turn on a game and return to some normalcy and, and like you say it's you know having baseball on tv for TV for a lot of people is the sort of the soundtrack of the the spring and the summer. Um, I think they should uh, enhance the the viewing experience. In other words, make make each game into its own little mini reality show, have cameras in the dugouts, microphones in the dugouts, you know, follow people around on the field, you know, because I think you got to try something different because otherwise it's going to be weird. It's going to be like watching people play in like a, a racquetball court or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I agree. yeah. that's a good idea, yeah. actually. All right, I'll call the networks, Mike. I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> okay. um, I'll tell them you thought it was a good idea. PA announcer Mike Lorenzo. <laughs> so, uh, Julie, um, here's, here's a, I don't know if it's a just for fun question for you, but I need to explore a little bit more about these seven people in your home. Is Are there are there uh, fights? Are there, oh, no, brawls to, to grab the last waffle? Um, seriously, it must be like running your own little, uh, summer camp there. I assume most of these people are children. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to go into detail. It's your home. I mean, they are, but thankfully <laughs> they're teenagers. Oh, okay. Um, and so, because quite frankly, if I had to be teaching them during this period, if I had younger kids who couldn't, right. you know, do the virtual schoolwork on their own, that would have been a, a very different uh, yeah. situation. Um, and so with respect to, fighting and bickering over the waffle that's no different than it always is. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. And I kind of used to that. A lot of uh, gaming going on, video games, devices and all that. There's certainly effort for a lot of that. Um, do you have more, big. do you have more than one internet router? <laughs> that router no. must be getting a workout. Okay. <laughs> it works. Um, yeah. Yeah. It works. And now, you know, the older ones are starting to sleep in and become more night owls. And, yeah. and uh, now that their schoolwork is about to end, pretty soon that you know even that's not something for them to do so their schedules are changing and what about the summer i know you know my son was scheduled to be a second year counselor at a camp up in maine which is just his happy place and i'm really kind of heartbroken for him that it's that it's canceled and the the weird thing is like there's so much up in the air now i feel like a lot of kids don't know what they're going to do for the summer whether they they should be even going to beaches public pools or stuff like that have you have you thought about that? That must be the, kind of the talk in your house a little bit. 
A little bit. I'm hoping that my uh, high school senior and high school junior get jobs. Um, I think if they can work somewhere, that would be good. Um, but honestly, they're not doing a whole lot now. And so I don't think summer's going to be a whole lot different. Um, we're still hoping that my senior will be able to go to college in the fall. And as of now, his college is saying that they will take students. So that's, you know, that's our plan. At least I'm glad they're saying that now. Who knows what it will actually be in August. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I have one on the way to college as well, and no big proclamation from the school yet. So we're kind of have our fingers crossed, and who knows what it might look like, right? I mean, a lot of these schools may have, but they, they, Lord knows they have the interest in getting them back in there because the Lord knows they have the interest in the tuition payments, you know, keeping the, the, the trains running on time. You know, it just, I would say it was interesting though. My son's college announced that they're going to open for the kids in August. They're going to close at Thanksgiving and send everybody home to do uh, exams virtually. Hmm. And they won't take any breaks during the fall semester. And we heard about this um, through, uh, through the grapevine as it were. And we asked my son about it and he said, yeah, I heard that. And we said, well, why didn't you tell us? And he said, well, I didn't know that wasn't normal. You know, so for him, yeah. it's kind of cool because yeah. this is what it is. Yeah. You know, he has nothing to compare it to. Yeah. So. yeah. I wonder how they, uh, to get a little philosophical, I wonder how the, the teenagers uh, and children of this generation will remember these days. The, the ones that I come into contact with, nieces and nephews and such, I'm telling them, uh, remember this because you guys might think it's not big deal. This is a big deal. Like, we've never seen this in our lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you, Mike, let me ask you, how, how do you think this will be re, sort of remembered in history or will it will it be just what it was? It just it sucked for a while and we got over it. Well, it's funny. I never heard about really the Spanish flu until all of the I mean, I heard right. about it, but no real chatter about it. Right. But that kind of had its mark. So I'm guessing that this will, too, 100 years from now or whatever, 50 years from now, hopefully we've learned from this so that I know you can't predict what kind of virus is going to strike the world, but hopefully we learn this to be a little bit more medically ready. Right. Uh, and I'm not talking about the hospitals. I'm talking about science. So, um, so if there's any good that comes out of it, hopefully that would be it. Mm -hmm. What well, you have thoughts on that, Julie? I, I think that it's not necessarily going to sort of change things, but I think it's going to, um, you know, cause change more quickly. Like mm -hmm. in the directions we were going, we were going towards technology, right? And I think right. that this has certainly pushed us further along. Yeah. I, you know, when I think about what my father-in-law has learned to do on Facebook and his computer to work remotely, and he never would have learned that, yeah. you know, if it weren't for something like this. So, you know, I think that we're really got a big push that hopefully will be a good one, a positive one. Yeah, here's my prediction that you'll see more enhancements when it comes to these sorts of virtual communications. Like we're the three of us are on a Zoom call and it's fine. I can see you all pretty clear, but I'm still looking at you on a laptop screen which is small. And then we we all have these huge TVs elsewhere in our in our homes that we're using for other for other things, you know. We have the, the technology would exist for you to install a wall size TV in your room and then have it hooked up so that you can turn it on. And all of a sudden there's somebody else's room. So I'm thinking this would have been nice for people like grandparents now who and, you know, my folks are getting up there in age. So I worry about them during this period. 
And a lot of times grandparents just kind of want to be in the same room with their grandkids, you, you know, and just kind of sit there and watch. So you can get on a Zoom call for five minutes and then the kid loses interest and runs off to, to, to go play Fortnite. But imagine like a high def, you know, wall where you could, you know, log in and, and almost be in a way it's, I think this is going to happen. And, and I think that, um, I would guess that the, the TVs that come out now will be equipped with cameras. Why I wonder, almost wondering why they aren't now. So, so you, I, go ahead, oh, Mike. Sorry. Yeah. No, no tell I was going to ask think. you, so you're talking like maybe there'll be a life-size person in your room that, you know, <laughs> uh, like my, my grandchildren are in Denver and you're saying you're almost like thinking like it could be a life-size uh, feel yeah. like you're there even though you're online. Right. Cause even though we're talking to each other, we're communicating just fine. It doesn't quite feel like we're in the same room, but the, but there, if you've ever seen, you know, a, a super huge high def screen, they're really qu- quite remarkable. Yeah. And, and if, if, if that exists and some high tech sound equipment, yeah, the grandparent could be, you know, sitting there even just watching their own TV while they, they look at the wall and it appears as though the two grandkids are there playing with their Legos. <laughs> Yeah. That's my dream. <laughs> Grandparents, kids, and Legos. That would be nice being a grandparent of three, uh, you know, three and a and a step. So uh, yeah. yeah, I would love that. And it's um, it's it's particularly uh, important, I think, because you know the, the the people that we connect with now during this period maybe are even more so than we were in the past. That was that was really clumsy, bad podcasting, Dave. What I'm trying to say is, I don't know if you guys have done any. So, sort of social Zoom calls, you know, virtual happy hours. I've connected with some of my college friends and old summer camp friends and people that I haven't seen in so long. And we probably wouldn't have done it if not for the pandemic. I don't know, Julie, have you done any of that stuff? I have. Yeah. Um, and and I I do feel really connected to people um, in, a, in a way that I'm surprised by. Um, yeah. And I think that the visual helps that. Although I have to say there's a part of me that's just fine when a client says, no, let's just do a phone call. (laughs) You know, you're talking about this big screen on the wall. Like, (laughs) I don't know. That'll take me a little little while. I didn't say say there wasn't a downside, right? Because as as it is, I think we all like the comfort of being able to look presentable from the waist up. Right. And and if, if, if you got the wall, then you got to clean your whole house, you know, because you're going to be able to see everything. So I'm with you. Mike, have you been able to like, have you been actually able to do calls with your, your grandkids and will they sit still? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's funny. Yeah. We've had, it's been a lot of fun. We've had these family zoom calls like every weekend, basically. And it has been a lot of fun because I have my daughter in Denver with her family. Right. And then I have a son in Chicago and then my other, my oldest son is here in Somerville, but he just had, he has a four month old. So they were kind of quarantining within the quarantine because they're so concerned about her health. Right. Yeah. So, um, but it's been a lot of fun. And my, my two-year-old granddaughter or almost two-year-old granddaughter, her biggest um, interaction when we're on the family Zooms is when she sees my other grand, her, her four-month-old four cousin. And you can see she's pointing, she's pointing into, yeah. the, into the screen saying a little baby, you know, so that's, that, that's cool. so you, you, yeah, so you get kind of that interaction that you normally would get in person, which makes it so much nicer that we have the Zoom capability, you know, at, yeah. at least that is an option. Yeah, it's almost like I got another invention now. My my eye wall is the first one, as I mentioned, but the the second one would be how about these sort of portable, uh, you know, durable cameras that just kind of rest on the floor among the kids' toys, and then the kid can go up and kind of hit it and play with it. But 
you don't have to worry about it getting breaking because there's, there's rubber all around it. I'll send you guys a prototype. You can tell me what you think. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, we've got a few minutes left here. We are up against the clock, but having fun here again. It's and I want to make sure I get a, a some info on you folks so people know how to get in touch with you. Julie Lusthouse, uh, franchise lawyer in in Westchester County, New York. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Julie? Well, they can reach out on my website is lusthouselawpc.com and email me at jl at lusthouselawpc.com. And Lusthouse is spelled L-U-S-T-H-A-U-S. Kind of just like it sounds, but maybe not. And, anyway. Of course, <laughs> apparently translates to the house of great joy. Is that right? father-in-law. <laughs> wow. That's what he told me. <laughs> how fitting, how fitting for what's going on now in your home. And Mike, how about you? How do people get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. People can get in touch with me uh, through email at Mike L, M-I-K-E-L, not Michael, but Mike L, mm. at mtminsure.com. There you go. So um, we're going to play a quick round of good stuff where I'll have our contestants here. I mean, panelists, I mean, guests um, recommend something good that's helped them get through the pandemic. Before we do that, let me take just one minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. Would you like your own podcast? Now you say in the middle of a pandemic, you say, well, yes, of course, we've been doing remote podcast for a couple of years now. We were ready for this and we'll send you out a USB microphone, a quality one, not one of those crappy ones. So you can get started. We'll send that out on the house if you want to work with us and let us produce your podcast for you. Start to finish. We'll record for you. We'll edit for you. We'll put the nice music in there and get you up on Apple Podcasts and all that stuff. Go to pod617.com to get started. And if you want to be a guest on this show, just email me, David at pod617.com or you prefer professionals out there. If you have a client, you want to do them a solid and let them market their services and wares. Julie Lusthouse, this means you, any of your restaurateurs, if they want to be a guest on my show, just have me email me, David at pod617.com. Okay. As promised, let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Now, you guys have already given us some suggestions um, on how you've been coping, so I hope you have one left in the chamber. If you don't, no big deal. I just have a TV show to recommend, so I'm shallow superficial, so that's setting the bar pretty low. But, Mike, would you like to go first? Something, uh, a tip, something for our listeners? Sure. Um, I have started to do something that I've never done in my life, and I swear I've never done it. Oh, boy. And uh, I started baking. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. I did. I've done cookies and muffins so far, but um, I like to cook anyway. But I mean, I've never baked. Mm -hmm. And um, so I decided my grandmother used to like everybody's grandmother, right? Nobody could make the cookies that she made. Right. And uh, so I put it out to my sisters. I have four of them. And um, so my youngest sister, who's 13 years younger than me, she said, I saw how how Nana made them. Mm. And she told me. So I tried it. And so they all said, I just sent them pictures. They haven't, nobody's tasted them yet, right. but uh, they said they look like hers anyway. So Ch- we talking that's choc- been my challenge. Chocolate chip cookies we're talking? Or- yeah, to- yeah, chocolate chip. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. that's cool how the secret recipe got uh, furtively passed down. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm glad I asked. Yeah, the, the the I do a little bit of baking. I've been rediscovering my crock pot. I've been making a uh, quinoa uh, turkey chili, which is actually pretty good and very filling. And then I live on that for about the next three days. Anyway, uh, Julie, how about yourself? You have a suggestion for good stuff? I got to give a shout out to my Calm app. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Using a guided meditation app has been fantastic. So I'm sorry, what's the name of the app? Calm. Oh, Calm, C-A-L-M. Okay, I was, yeah. Um, Go ahead. all kinds of guided meditations and options and times. And and every day I get emailed my daily Calm. It's a 10-minute meditation. And uh, when I I use those, I find them incredibly helpful uh, managing stress. Again, with the seven people in the home, the Calm app comes in handy. So I may I may check that out myself. And I will just recommend a TV show that I just started watching last night. It's new to Amazon Prime, at least in terms of what season it is. It's season two of Homecoming. Either of you guys catch this, uh, the Julia Roberts show, Homecoming? No, not to be confused. I did with, not. Not to be confused with Homeland, which is, is confusing into its own. But um, so in season one, Julia Roberts was the star in season two, which just started. Janelle Monet is the star. She's she's fantastic. And if you're if you're into these sort of thrillers, or if you ever caught the show Lost back in the day, where there's there's just something creepy, something weird going on. There's some time shifting in the show, but there's a secret military project in this show whereby they have devised a way to remove memory from veterans who are suffering from PTSD. But as you can imagine, not everything goes as planned and not everything is on the up and up. And um, in this season, Janelle Monet wakes up in a, a canoe and is startled and looks up and has no idea what her name is and no idea, although she seems to be a veteran because she has an airborne tattoo on her arm and she has to figure out what happened. And it's just awesome. So that's my recommendation for, for everyone out there. If you haven't binged, cool. start, yeah, start with season one, um, Amazon Prime homecoming and um and it's cool and it'll freak out a little bit but it's worth it trust me all right well (laughs) julie lusthouse and mike lorenzo you guys were awesome awesome guests i hope you had a good time yes a little i had a wonderful time and julie it was great to be here yes thank you cool great to be with you virtually as well and thanks so much for listening to the boston podcast if you like this show please subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. Once again, if you'd like your own podcast, go to pod617.com. If you want to be a guest on this show, it's david at pod617.com, the email address. On behalf of my friends Julie and Mike, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. No offense, Julie. We love New York, too. But I'm just a guy from Boston. And if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Go play some golf. Bake some cookies. Steal some waffles. Whatever you got to do. Everybody